nothing brings people together like La Ventanita, the walk-up windows where Miami meets to drink Cuban coffee and swap stories. I'm Carlos Frias, the Miami Herald food editor. At La Ventanita, we'll talk with some of the world's best chefs to get a window into their lives while sharing some strong Cuban coffee and traditional Cuban snacks, pastelitos and croquetas. Venga, coladita. Listo. I love coladita. Jose Andres is more than a world-renowned chef. He's an activist who's served millions of meals to hurricane survivors in Puerto Rico through his charity, the World Central Kitchen. That earned him a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. A Spanish immigrant himself, now a U.S. citizen, he sparred with President Donald Trump over immigrant rights. So when he came to Miami, we sat down with him at one of his more than 20 restaurants, Bazaar Mar, to chat over Cuban coffee and traditional Cuban snacks. So a common trick question, but I'm gonna stop putting on the spot. Bueno, all right. I remember what my mom used to say, never show up empty-handed at someone's house. So I brought you the little white box of Cuban love. Right? To, to a restaurant. To a restaurant. To a chef. To, a, to one of the highest Man. level chefs. Because he's you. Oh, not. because you only ever eat the highest, fanciest food, right? Tu nunca no. comes un... I eat everything. Ah, that's I'm why. I'm open guy. So I thought... And what... thank you. Thank you for No, it's my pleasure. What, but I figure, what's better than a box of pastelito cubano and una colada? Venga, coladita. Listo. Shall I pour? Of course. I love coladita. Oh, this is my favorite. I think probably one of the things... This is the key right here. I really love. I love... You know, sometimes I go through Miami airport, but I'm not coming to Miami. I'm going somewhere else. And for me, my best moment is to make sure I have enough time between planes to stop and have my little coladita. I love it. I really love it. Cause there's something about it that it's it's very simple. Cheers. Mm. It's so not it's not terribly hot how it should be. It made a little bit of a journey, but it'll... and the right sweetness, the right sweetness, right? Not too sweet, not too bitter. Well, it really sweet. Mm. Who cares? What is it that you like about Cuban coffee, Cafe Cuban? Its intensity. I think it's not only obviously Cubans, but all the. The Latinos, we are, we are intense in a good way. We're intense in the way we show passion, in the way we show commitment. And I think, you know, sometimes, quite frankly, if I'm going through Miami and I'm having like a down day and I get this, it's like, like I come back. You're reborn. Yeah, right. Totally. Do you do one shot or do, do you do whole colada and you... I, I always say I'm going to have one or two shots and usually I finish the whole coffee. <laughs> I don't even know why I don't drink it directly from... From the cup. From the cup. <laughs> it's so unique. So the finesse of the little cup. Uh, I think um, uh, we have this project that I want to make those but in little ceramic. So to, to elevate... The, 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 this moment, right? In, in little uh, ceramic, like looking exactly the same, looking exactly the same, but in ceramic. Oh, that's the great I think idea. We need to be elevating that because this is very special. And to drink this coffee like this is very, uh, it's a very unique thing. It's very, very special and, and we need to bring it up. To, you don't pound it, it's meditative. You take, yeah. a, you know, it's two sips, maybe two, three sips, and it's, uh, you, you give a minute to like, to, to just. Enjoy the coffee. It reminds me like when I am, um, you know, you can be in Jordan and they serve you the coffee, which is actually the contrary to this. It's more greener coffee, not so roasted. Right. But they also serve it to you in a small cup and then 
you see once, you see twice, and then... Uh, There's something obscene about a 30-ounce cup of coffee. <laughs> right? I agree with you. Right. And I think it's a moment of, of thinking uh, that bigger is not better. Right. Uh, and done with quality is better. And we need to aim for that, but I agree with you. Sometimes this thing of large, super large, extra large, like, no. I want a good coffee, or I want a good of anything in the right amount, in the right proportion. Right. Do you want to go through a, a box of pastelitos? I'm uh, not going to make you eat them all, but oh, let's... This is... What? If you go walk in there... Why any, you are not going to make me eat it all? Uh -huh. are, you, are you insinuating no, anything? I'm insinuating that, uh, that you don't need uh, it. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to sign the release of this video. That <laughs> 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 what you <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean... So they all come from the La Rosa? La Rosa, which is one of the bakeries that's been around almost I'm, 50 years. Okay. I've not been to La Rosa yet. Okay. So I'm so happy you brought it. Great. I mean, in Miami, forget in the whole Florida, but Miami alone, it's so many places. Oh, yeah. Old, with a lot of tradition. Yeah. New, bringing new energy. Mm. I'm glad that I could bring you a little something. If This is central Miami. Like, you have to really get in there to find this place. So the croqueta, the Cuban croquetas, very different <laughs> than La Española. Well, very different, but the same thing. The same heart. I mean, I don't want, especially the, the Latino, the Cuban, the Hispanic brothers that see me, I don't want them to think here is this chauvinistic Spanish, but this is something very Spanish. Well, it's been in Spain, I don't know, for how long. And, and obviously, I want to believe this has been one of our good contributions. One of the greatest my, exports. My mom will make croquetas always at the end of the month. Mm. In the days that the refrigerators were small, in the days that we would not go to restaurants because even my mom and my dad, were, they were middle class, they were nurses. Uh, was the days that we would go to buy almost every day. Now, when now you go to a supermarket, you fill the car and do... Don't go until next month. Right. And at the beginning of the month, my father will get the paycheck. And at the beginning, you know, some more meat. And, but at the end of the month, you could see that what already was like empty refrigerator compared to, to today that I open my refrigerator and how it looks full. At the end of the month was like, it looked like new. There was <laughs> nothing there. But you will have the two eggs left. A little cup with some of the roasted chicken leftovers. Mm -hmm. And then my mom will make the bechamel. We'll add some of that chicken, maybe a boil or two, boil it eggs. She'll make the bechamel. And that night, you will hear the doors opening. That sometimes was my door or my brother's doors. Mm -hmm. And that means the ritual of going to the kitchen without my mom finding out opening the refrigerator, putting a finger a spoon, and then with the, the hands pushing the bechamel to try to look <laughs> like, like we never, nobody <laughs> ate it. And next morning my mom will wake up and the entire bechamel will look like, like, like the moon surface, like <laughs> with great craters and volcano look alike, fingers everywhere. And you and your brother like this. Uh, and who did this? <laughs> like Mariano, uh, Jordi. So that's the memory that Croqueras brings to me. Right. Those moments were actually the best dishes were the dishes when we didn't have almost any food left at the home. But also was where my mom, when she cooked, always show up the best of her, you know? making 
almost out of nothing, a great dish. Right. And that's so much of what you guys did in Puerto Rico is making things appear out of thin air, you know, making the five loaves and fishes, right? Spreading <laughs> spread out to feed everybody. At times it looked like, yeah. but at the end we had, you know, some of the best food trucks, some of people that came from different parts of life with different expertise, we were able to come together and sometimes with some mashed potato flakes and some ground meat, uh, Willow will be able to make a pastel on the carne. Right. Like at the time, in, even when the ingredients were not many and the resources were few, it tasted to me at the end of a long day uh, because we tasted our the food because we wanted to be good food for the people, but it tasted like the best pastel on the carne I've ever eaten in my life. The World Central Kitchen has become this pop-up privatized FEMA. Yeah. Like it shows up for food. For food, right. For food. Yeah. This kind of ability to respond. We don't know how to pay for it sometimes. For Rico at the end we got help from the federal government. But I was not expecting so much money that they help us with money. Right. But they wanted more. I wanted a partnership. Right. I'm telling you that within we made, I mentioned this last time when you were here, maybe like a year ago. I think in my lifetime I'll see you run for office. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, don't, a, I don't have anything to back that up, other than well, a gut feeling. We'll see. Uh -huh. I'll be there to serve America in the best way I can. I'm gonna have another croqueta. All right. Why? Because when you have one croqueta, you have to have a second croqueta. Right. You can't have just one croqueta. No, you want a little more coffee? coffee? I'm gonna pour you a little I'm more coffee because you're not gonna. Have it. Mm. These guys are on the corner of my house. It's, it's a danger for me to have them that close. So those are sweets already. Como hoja, san hojadrados, no? Uh huh. The, 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 like puff pastry, right? Right. It's all these are puff pastry. Puff pastry with guava filling for the uninitiated. Mm. There's a mm. pastelito cubano. Still warm. The guava. So good. Mm. So buttery. Oh my God, this is good. Mm. What's going on here that makes this as good as it is? You know, it's very hard sometimes to understand that behind something like this is the name and the last name of men and women that work long hours to make these things happen, to maintain the traditions, in the process, being able to provide to their family members. Uh, I do believe that we need to think sometimes uh, with a, a sense of trying to understand what's behind every one of the foods we eat. Mm -hmm. I think it was this Frenchman, and I don't speak about French people openly, <laughs> Briette Savarin, who was a philosopher, that in 1826, he is a guy that said, tell me what you eat and I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding who we are or, or understanding other people through the foods, what it takes to make these, uh, I'm always fascinated, you know, who, who was behind this, who was the person that invented this, but then who was the people, men and women who made this? Right. And what are they thinking? And what are their dreams? And what are their suffering? And sometimes when I see a plate of food like this, I cannot think, uh, that in America we have more than 11 million undocumented, that they are part of the DNA of what America is. They are taking care of golf courses. They are working in restaurants, in fishing boats. 
in farms, taking care of pork, beef. They're all around us. America wouldn't move without them, but some, somehow we don't want to recognize the real contribution they to that. That sometimes when I see these dishes is why I go through. The thinking that you can eat it and you just don't think about anything else, and you are entitled to do so. No, every day, everything has to be thinking. You have to be moved by everything, but you're but right. I do believe that sometimes it's okay that we do the, the important play of understanding what it takes for us to be enjoying a moment like the one we're enjoying right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's an important game that we all should do once in a while, because through every dish, we can be talking about how to improve immigration or working conditions or minimum wage, or, or, or history of who we are, or creating jobs, or being an ambassador to tell other people about our culture. Oh my God, in one dish alone, we can be talking about so many things. Yeah. That's why sometimes it's important. We enjoy it and don't think about it, but I think it's once in a while, I try to tell everybody, go through the important game of understanding what it took for you to provide this food to your people. Absolutely. And there's something beautiful about that this wasn't made in a factory. This was made by human hands and they have to do it every day. And if they mess up those process, even once, if they get distracted, it's the, the people who shop there every day and have breakfast or lunch there every day are going to say, something is wrong with the patelito today. You mentioned something important because you mentioned about human hands. For good or for bad, machines and robots are coming into our lives. It's going to be a moment that certain things like this will be cheaper to produce with a bakery run by robots than a bakery run by humans. You can agree or disagree, but it's about to happen. We are going to see it. That's why we need to be telling my children, your children, any children that we need to start telling our children to get better in the things that one day robots may not be able to perform like us. That's a good point. Um, do a job that a robot can't do. Singing or, or telling a story or because that's what is always going to be making us unique. But also we need to get ready because this is going to happen. I know that something done by humans will always be better than something done by robots that will be more. But these moments are coming. And we only need to be aware that they will have. We have robots at home already. Yeah. So you will say, well, they are no robots, they are machines. Well, now I have a machine at home that tells my wife how to make croquetas step by step. The other day I was having the conversation with my wife and I told her, I think this needed more butter. And she said, Nope, the Thermomix set. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean the Thermomix? Oh, what? <laughs> thermomix. I'll say Andres. So it's food for thought, but right. that's happening. Yeah. That's a reality. Right. In the house of a chef already, Thermomix, the robot. My wife is on the Thermomix side. <laughs> claro, bueno. What's next? If you want to go with cheese, you want to go to guava and cheese. You want to work your way, which way do you want to work the, I mean, your progression? Today I was trying not to eat anything. Ah, bueno, te jodiste. And you come with this? <laughs> yeah. Cheese?
so light, super light. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Come on. My good. Cheese are my favorite. When I think about this, it's like, I always know that the Spanish people and then all the Latino family, we've been much more pragmatic and smarter in certain things. I mean, try, try to put a croissant into a cup. I mean, it's almost like you have to do strange movements to do it. In no. Spain, we came up with a churro. Now it's difficult. Come on, a croissant is like <laughs> the churro. Is it strange? The Go French, you're going out. You're going after the French a lot today, man. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but you're right. The churro is a stick. It goes into the boom. Yeah, it's a fit in and out. Why the, the, the croissant is like who came up with a croissant? Why is it curved? It looks like, like a ball. I mean, come on, man. Make it straight. It's a bad. It's a bad designer. You make it simple. No, you. You know what? The robots are going to fix that. But I love croissant. Me too. Where's the best croissant you've ever had? That's a that's a hard one. What do you like to? Listen to me. What is the one that you remember? Well, it's a hard one. I have answers for everything. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I am in Amman, in Jordan. Oh my God. I take my daughters. We go there. We spend 10, 11. If you are thinking about where to go on vacation, go Jordan. Okay. It's a beautiful country, full of its history. Um, Many religions there, uh, centuries. I love them because also the country uh, takes care of refugees in a way. Rich countries are not. Amazing what Jordan is. And there is this bakery with local grains grown in Jordan. I'm supposed to remember the name of the of the baker, but an amazing mix of Japanese, Dutch, Jordanian, Dutch, beautiful mix, making amazing breads. The best croissant I ever ate was in his bakery. Wow. In the heart of a man. I couldn't believe it, but was so flaky, so well done, so crunchy and soft in the inside, so many layers. I couldn't believe it that I was having the best croissant in my life in the heart of Jordan. Isn't that amazing that you can be surprised by a place like when you travel enough that you are, you have a perception, maybe a place, but until you travel there and you see it, that's when you're, when you, the spell is broken, when you can be surprised by a place. It's true that sometimes we are like, well, if you are a Spanish chef, you cannot be doing Chinese cooking. Well, at the end of the day, I can agree or disagree because at the end, food is food. Ingredients are ingredients. At the end of the day, or you have the sensitivity or you don't. Mm -hmm. It's true that what you don't have maybe is if you don't grow up within a culture, sometimes you may argue that it's difficult to understand that culture. But I believe that sometimes when somebody comes from the outside, and puts himself into that new culture, in this case, into that new way of cooking ingredients or techniques. Somehow, because you come with no preconceptions, you can so much more, more open to embrace everything. And you are able to see what the locals don't see. And you are able to appreciate what the locals take for granted. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do believe anybody from anywhere 
can't master the cooking of anywhere. At the end of the day, no cooking only belongs to a region. It's true that there's many regions that Mexican is Mexican, Peruvian is Peruvian, Spanish is Spanish, Chinese is Chinese. But then even within those geographical areas or countries is sub-regions. And within the region is towns that do things different one from each other. But then if you start understanding, it's like in Asturias we have rice with milk, arroz con leche, one of the best in the world. Asturias never produced rice and rice came from Asia. Now we don't think about it, but rice was not from there. Or tomatoes in Spain, and now we make gazpacho, or it's ingredients from every single part, or coffee, that now everybody thinks is Colombian, but came from countries like Amman and Qatar, and it's been hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, of a slow, beautiful fusion that makes things very special. Uh, but at the same time, this tells me that, of sure, anybody from any other part of the world, uh, a Spanish chef, when they can have a good Chinese restaurant, or a Chinese chef can have a good Chilean or, 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 or any other culture. I do believe in that. So we take one last taste here? I think I got, I got my sugar already. I love this thing, but you know, I have, <laughs> I have a line to protect. So yeah, you have to keep your, your my, girlish figure. My, my body <laughs> has to be, you know, people have expectations. A temple. Me. It's a temple. Yeah, it's a temple. <laughs> I need to protect the temple. <laughs> mm. Oh, man, I'm having my sugar rush. Well, it's a little cold now. It'd be nice if it was hot. Um, it's just a different product. If we do a colada on the rocks, come here, I'm just done. Yeah. This and a piece of foie gras, boom, we're in business. Wow, wow, I'm not, I would not, well, that's why you're the chef. That's why you're the world-renowned Jose Andres. Miami. Chef, thank, thank you for you making the time. Thank you for having me. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy the patalitos and it didn't destroy no, your form very much. The cheese ones are really Look good. Out, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> Great. Hope you've got some coffee left because we've got more for you. You can watch videos of these chefs and read more about their lives at our website. Go to miamiherald.com forward slash ventanita. That's D-E-N-T-A-N-I-T-A. -E and while you're there, please consider subscribing to the Miami Herald for more of our James Beard award-winning food coverage. La Ventanita was produced by Matias Ochner and me at the Miami Herald. Julio Alvarez makes the show. Music is by Haim Mazar. Special thanks to Jose Andres, the staff at Bazaar Mar, and La Rosa Bakery for the pastelitos. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can reach me directly at cfrias at miamiherald.com. I'm Carlos Frias. Thanks for listening.